Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 81 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Kayla Person. Now, Kayla's fashion career journey has been an absolute uphill battle. To start, her parents didn't support a artsy, air quotes I'm using with that word, artsy degree. Now, I know that that's not that uncommon, but then what happened to her made her journey into fashion even harder. During her senior year of high school, her dad became incarcerated, and all of a sudden, just like that, there was no money to pay for her college education. She explored alternate, more practical career paths like accounting and biology, but she was so bored by that kind of stuff. So she took a chance on a creative career, and she enrolled at a liberal arts state school. She wanted to go to FIT, but it was too expensive, so this was her best second option. Now, Kayla's journey is long and trying. It involves many failures and countless rejection. Pretty much nothing during her entire fashion career has gone her way. But now, three years after college graduation, she works in Manhattan as a fashion CAD designer. And her story is so inspiring and so humbling and so raw. She's going to share exactly with you how she got her big break, how she overcame all the battles, all the rejection, all the failures, and how she made her dream to work in fashion a success, despite the uphill battle that seemed to never end. I know you guys are absolutely going to love this interview with Kayla. Now, quick heads up. If you guys like the podcast, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please make sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. It really, really does help the show. The other way you can best help support us is to share the interview with a friend or where someone else might discover it who could be interested. This could be on a Facebook group. This could be on your Instagram feed. Wherever you're hanging out, I would be so grateful if you posted and shared the podcast to help get us more listeners and get more people this valuable knowledge that no one else is talking about but people so desperately need. All right, let's jump into the interview with Kayla. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 81. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready too. Uh, Welcome, Kayla, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I am super, super excited to have you here. Um, You and I met a few, well, when this goes live, it'll have been a while before, but you and I met in the summer of 2018 um, at one of the Successful Fashion Designer get-togethers in New York City, and I'm really excited to introduce you to everybody out there listening and share your story. So can you start just by giving everybody a quick overview of who you are and what you do in the fashion industry? Well, okay. Well, my name is Kayla Person. I am a CAD designer in the fashion industry. I uh, currently work um, for, like, I work in a division for juniors, maternity, 
and now just started uh, this summer kids wear as well. So that is very exciting. Um, I focus in knitwear. So yes, I'm the CAD designer currently for knitwear. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and I, I've pretty much done every division, but uh, this is that's where I am now. Okay. So for people out there listening who might not be sure, like, what is a CAD designer? Tell us a little bit more about, like, what exactly you do in a day-to-day or, like, what are your responsibilities as a CAD designer? Okay. So as a CAD designer, it, I mean, it varies in ranges depending on what company you work for. So, but a CAD designer basically is uh, the, the, you would call it this, another word is a, the illustrator, the, the sketch artist. Um, there's, multiple names for it um so um i'm in charge of creating all the the body so like the the sketches for all the designs for the uh the the line uh as well as the print the graphics so any graphic tees um any prints as in like if you see floral prints if you see the stripes uh you see polka dots and then as well as uh creating presentation boards so they're they're called uh, uh, art boards. We call them art boards, but um, they're multiple names. So presentation boards, so what the sketches go on to present to buyers. Okay. And most uh, of this, yeah. if not all of it's done in Illustrator, arguably some of the graphics might be done in Photoshop for certain aesthetics, but all the illustrations of the garments and a lot of that stuff you're doing in Illustrator. Yeah, so um, everything... Uh, it's very illustrator and Photoshop heavy. Okay. I prefer my, you know, my, my uh, software of choice is illustrator, but I do have to dip and dabble into Photoshop as well. Gotcha. All right. So let's rewind. Um, we now know what you do every day, but like, let's talk about how you got to where you are. Um, did you come from fashion school? Did you, what does your background look like? How did you get started with all of this? So, uh, as a kid, uh, well, I, I, I am, uh, I do do art. I do a lot of art. I do painting. I do a lot of still lives drawing. So I started off as, as a kid just drawing. Um, and I would make uh, sketches and, you know, little drawings of clothes and models. And this is before, like, I really knew what a fashion designer was. And then, uh, as I, you know, that kind of, I wanted to advance, you know, skills and say, hey, maybe I can make some of these things. So I would, like, take my mom's old clothes because she, she would always throw out clothes that she really doesn't like or that it doesn't fit anymore. Um, and I would just, like, take them out of the trash can and, like, cut them up and take, a, like, a hand needle and, like, sew things together and use up uh, use as dress-up clothes uh, for my sister and I and any friends that would come for play dates. Uh, and then as I, you know, um, it was just kind of like a hobby. Uh, and my parents were very focused on like education uh, and art wasn't really, uh, really like something that they saw as something as a serious career. Mm. Um, because, and it's, it's partially because a lot of, actually my family is a very creative family. Uh, surprisingly, it's, it's surprising. Like a lot of my family, there are uh, a lot of graphic designers. There are painters. Uh, a lot of my family, uh, one of my cousins are, is an illustrator. So we're all talented, mostly on my father's side. 
Um, even my father draws from time to time, but um, no one's actually pursued it as a professional career or um, a lot of that perception of a, a creative is a, or pursuing a creative field is a poor, a poor person, a poor man's job. Like you're not mm, going to make any money. So like a starving artist kind uh, of thing. Yeah. It's a starving artist. You know, a lot of, you know, my, my mom was like, well, you don't want, you know, when I first, I think like when I wanted to do my first creative career, cause I was a dancer, actually, I was a dancer uh, for a very long time. So that was like maybe like the only thing that my mom would really like, agree like would be happy with if I wanted to pursue that professionally because mm. she knew we knew about dancing dancing was a large part of our life uh and it was actually like back home in Boston because Boston is where I'm from Boston Massachusetts that's a huge uh that's my huge community so I call it call them my dance family so that's my my biggest network there yeah. uh but you know other than that, it wasn't really something that a lot of people in my community knew about. So it was, it was kind of like a, a starving artist. That's what you want to do with your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't you want to make money? Don't you want to be secure? Uh, so yeah. Um, where was I? So yeah. So my first, uh, first I wanted to become a painter because then, uh, middle school, I took uh, actual, like a few art lessons. So before that I was uh, kind of just learning on my own and like reading books or, you know, reading books from like when I sometimes would go to the library, you know, I would go to the library a lot as a kid, um, either with cousins or during summer, the, the, the summer camp would always take us to the library to pass some time and read. But I would, you know, take that time to like teach myself some uh, techniques of an art but um, middle school I started taking a few art classes and I kind of just discovered painting and I was actually really good at it and when I it's funny when I wanted to I told my mom I was like mom I know what I want to do with my life I want to be a painter and she was like girl you're not going to be no painter you know throw that out of your throw that out of your head you know you're not going to be a painter Hmm. you know but it's but it was it's also because she, you know, um, she just didn't know about it. And, you know, we have there's that perception. So, um, you know, but, you know, it wasn't until high school that I actually, like, told my parents that um, for college, I wanted to go to an art school. Um, and I wanted to actually, like, take, you know, art classes and, you know, and actually pursue it and actually get better, you know, because, you know, in order to get, you know, get into art school, you have to do a portfolio. And I like, um, I applied, I just applied to a, a art summer program, intensive program at Montserrat College Art. And, you know, I begged my parents because I got accepted. I begged them, I begged them. I was like, please let me go. And like my dad told, uh, actually talked to my mom was like, we just got to let her do it, you know, We'll, we'll see what, you know, just let her do it and see what comes of of it. So they allowed, you know, they, they paid for me to go to my art intensive classes, which helped me get better. Uh, and then, uh, so that was, that's one thing that, you know, I always had that interest, but um, the focus was mainly education in my family, you know? So my, my, fam- my mom and dad were very, uh, strict on education they they made sure that my sister and I uh were always on honor roll um 
and also, you know, it was also if we continued our like our grades and kept our grades up, it was we were rewarded. So like my dad did this thing where he would say twenty dollars for every A mm. that I see on your report card. So, yeah. you know, as a as a kid, you know, that's that's a good deal. Uh, and also, uh, uh, my parents both didn't go to college. They didn't. Um, they don't have. They don't have a college education. So it was just very important for them to see both their kids go to go to college and graduate with a degree. Yeah. So. So yeah. when did when did so you you they let you go to that summer intensive? But that sounds like it was a little bit more for painting or just art in general. Like when uh, did well, go ahead? Yeah. It, it was for, it was just for, um, I wasn't really sure. So okay. I wasn't really sure because there was all pressure as a, um, you know, I'm also the firstborn. I'm the firstborn. So um, the eldest child. So it's also the pressure of like, you have to be, you have to go, you know, do something successful and something that makes money. Mm. Um, so it, it was like a, it was kind of like a, a pull, like a, a tug and pull between my parents. So it's like, I really want to pursue this. Um, but I also have to make a decision um, because I have to find a career that makes money that I'll be successful in because yeah. that's what my parents want. So um, the way I, I ended up going to design school and actually deciding was uh, when I was in my senior year of school, my senior year of college, I mean, not college. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that. Uh, senior year of high school, uh, my father actually uh, was, uh, incarcerated uh he uh, was a drug dealer so um when he was incarcerated my uh and then soon after my my mom lost her job um and because she you know we the the involvement um you know of the whole trial she got involved in the trial as well mm. um and they were trying her uh, you know, as well, but luckily she was able to, um, not, was not incarcerated the whole time, uh, during the whole trial process. So, um, from there, my, my mom was like, well, I don't have a job. Um, you know, my dad was a main, a main source of income, uh, your father's in, incarcerated. Uh, we don't, we do, we no longer have money to send you to school. Um, you know, we don't have a college fund for you. Um, cause also, I don't know how much people know, but also like, uh, depending on if you can't, it like usually for drug dealers, if you can't prove that, uh, this was, that it was an actual, it's an actual income. Um, uh, the federal, federal government has the right to freeze your account so also we don't have access to my my father's money luckily my mom she had access to her money because she had a job so it was a proof of income yeah so um from there it was kind of it was it was hard it was very hard um just with the the losing my dad and uh my senior year trying to figure out like what to do next what's the next step and then also finding out, okay, well, how am I going to go to college and be able to afford it? Yeah. And then on top of that, now what what career moves do I make? Um, so That's, you, there's a lot of pressure on you now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was also, but it just like got 10x. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was so much going on. It was 
and then you know it's 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 just it's a lot going on and on in also in school I was um, especially in high school I was like the superwoman. So I was a on varsity team volleyball. I was the dance, not only a dancer, but also a dance teacher at the time. Yeah. Um, at my dance school, I was a dance instructor. And then also in school, I was on uh, student council. I did all the artwork for student council, such as the flyers and the promotion. Uh, I was national artist society. I was a leader. Uh, <laughs> so it was just a lot of, a lot of things going on that year. Uh, but I made a decision to, and I said to myself, I was like, well, you know, you're no, because you're also like, it's a sad moment, but also because your parents are no longer dictating, uh, no longer your college uh, tuition, you know, it's kind of like, they don't really have a, they don't really dictate what you can study um, because now you're, you're paying for it. Um, So, what I did is uh, I took a shot at it. Um, I, I, I just laid out kind of on a piece of paper and also with a, a few of my teachers um, and looked at some career options. So uh, one career option, something that my mom suggested because I was, I was like a straight student in math, um, was an accountant. Um, however, during career day, in high school because they had career days. I saw the accountant. Uh, I actually was in that, that, uh, that discussion panel and I wasn't, I didn't love, uh, I didn't love that career. That career, <laughs> uh, she did it. See, it was awful. It was awful. That woman, I felt so bad for her because she looked like she just literally just stayed behind a desk her whole entire life. Oh. And she, it, it seems like she was so bored and she just was like, Oh guys, hi, I, I know you think accounting is boring, but it can be a lot of fun. You, you work with members. <laughs> you like, are not buying it. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm not buying it. So I knew that was out of, that was out of the, you know, out of the the bucket list. No, no accounting. So um, I talked to my biology teacher because she was, I was actually really, I was close to my biology teacher. Um, I worked a lot with her and she said, uh, maybe you can go into, because I do work with, I've worked with kids. So during the summer, I would work with kids at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and then also I was a dance teacher. And she said, well, because you worked with kids um, and you love to do art, how about art therapy? That would be a good you know, that would be a good uh, career for you. Um, And then my art teacher in high school said, just go for fashion. So (laughs) if you want to do fashion, go for fashion. Because I know you, 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 you enjoy drawing uh, croquis, fashion figures. So sewing. So I just made the decision of, and I said, I'm going to go to school for fashion. That's, that wow. that was my decision. And when and, um, when was when is this? What what year is your senior year in high school? So I graduated in 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that puts yeah. you at uh 25 right now. Yep. Okay. 25 years old. Okay. So 2011, and, and you decide to go study fashion. Yes. Yeah. So uh, 
I made that decision. So now it's this decision of what school to go to. So I, I applied to a few schools. So I applied, one of my top choices was, uh, RISD, um, Rhode Island School of Math, Design. Math, yeah, Rhode Island, oh, sorry, Rhode Island School of Design. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody is. knows that. <laughs> Not everybody knows that. Um, it's because I'm from Massachusetts and everybody knows that. Um, uh, Rhode Island School of Design and Massachusetts College of, College of Art. And then there were a few uh, state schools and private schools within uh, Massachusetts. So there was LaSalle College and Mount Ida, which is no longer, uh, they, they closed down recently. So they're no longer, they no longer exist. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I decided not to apply to any schools in New York um, because in senior year I did national portfolio day and uh it was, it was just, it, it just was eye opener of, uh, it's so national portfolio day is when artists go to, uh, a venue and there are colleges from all over, actually all over the world. So mostly, mostly in within the States, but there are a few colleges, um, uh, that are out of the country. So you go there, you show your portfolio and they're supposed to give you, uh, they're supposed to critique you and give you pointers. And if you're lucky, sometimes they'll give you an acceptance off, you know, right from right, right off the back. Uh, if your portfolio is that great. Um, and when I went there, I, I really wanted to go at first, I really wanted to go to FIT, but I didn't have a great, <laughs> I didn't have a great experience uh, during the critique. Uh, they, they did not like my portfolio because it was too much of an art portfolio mm. and they wanted to see an actual fashion portfolio, which was weird to me because I'm like, how many people know how to do a, a design portfolio right in high school? Yeah. But also I'm from, I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. I don't, you know, it's not like New York where like when, once I moved to New York, I found out that high schools actually you could study fashion in high school yeah. which is awesome yeah but, but we don't you know there's no there's no resources like that um not a lot of resources anyway in massachusetts and so from there i was like okay well that's not the school for me maybe i could transfer later on um that can be an option once i you know understand uh actually how to do a fashion portfolio and i think my favorite place that I went to was actually Parsons, Parsons, uh, new school, which is in New York. They actually gave me when they critiqued my portfolio, they actually gave me a lot of pointers, which I really loved, which the main thing was color. Cause at the time I didn't, uh, I painted and I did a lot of charcoal drawings and they said, you need to add more color. So, um, that, that also determined, like dictated where I was going to go to school. So those, uh, so RISD and uh, Rhode Island School of Design and Massachusetts College of Art were my top two schools that I wanted to go to. Um, and then I applied to a few state schools because uh, it was just a requirement uh, from my high school to apply to state schools. So um, I didn't get into RISD, but I did get into Mass College of Art. Uh, and I also got into, I think I applied to 12 schools, but uh, out of my 12, I only got it to 10. So that's uh, a pretty good number. So one, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say only. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the top choices were, 
uh, end up being Massachusetts College of Art, uh, Mount Ida, LaSalle College, and Framingham State University. So, uh, and I wasn't, I was not really looking at Framingham State University. Uh, and uh, so, but I, what got my interest was their financial aid package. Uh, it was actually really great because it, it was a state school. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, go on a tour to this, this, this college I've never heard of, but okay. Uh, and when I went on the campus, I loved it. Uh, so I was able to, what I did is I made a financial decision uh, between uh, Framingham State and a Mass College of Art. And based on the numbers, because I'm a numbers girl uh, at heart, and I decided to go to Framingham State because um, of the, the loan. So the, the amount of money uh, that I would graduate uh, with loans would only be 28000 whereas in, at Massachusetts College of Art, 28000 was the loan amount that I would be taking out every year. Ah, so it there. would be almost 120000 in loans versus 28000 Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, which is a lot of weight on your shoulders when you graduate with all that debt. Yes. Yeah, so I had to make a decision. I was like, okay, Kelly, you're going to fa- you're going into fashion design. You do not know, you don't really know anything about the design industry. Um, everybody's kind of questioning your decision. And if you go for this, you go into this major, you have to make it work because there's, once you go in, there's no turning back. Mm. And, you know, also people have to remember, I am, I'm, I'm the firstborn. So if anybody is, the eldest child, they know that there's always that pressure on you that you have to, you have to do, you have to like, everyone's watching you to see if you, you fail or if you, you did anything wrong. Uh, so it's that, it's that pressure. Yeah. Um, but I made the decision and I was, I was very happy with my decision. Uh, so uh, I made the choice to go to Framingham State University. That and, was really smart to look at. I don't, yeah. I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I, when I was that age, I wasn't thinking about numbers. I mean, maybe that is why one of the reasons you looked at accounting, but <laughs> you think about this kind of stuff. But yeah, that was really smart to evaluate, you know, what am I going to walk away with after four years? Like, is it going to be worth, you know, four times as much debt? And I don't know. I mean, it, it you know, you, you got to where you are. So things obviously worked out. How was the education? Do you feel good over those four years? I feel that for a for a liberal arts school, I feel like the education was uh, okay. Um, do I feel that there was a there's a lot of stuff that um, that a lot of stuff that I did not know? Yes, um, that was that prepared me for like the fashion industry. There was a lot of stuff that I I would honestly say that I wasn't prepared. Mm. I was not prepared. Um, and it's partially because, um, the thing about a liberal arts school, um, uh, I can probably only speak mostly for Massachusetts. Um, I don't really know how other liberal arts schools are, but, uh, there are general education classes that are required, um, which is required in any college. But when it comes to my college, it was like a 12, they called it at the time, a 12 step 
program, <laughs> which was weird because I'm like, why would you call it a 12 step program? It's not, it's kind of like this of, you know, uh, becoming sober. It's weird. Yeah. Like, AA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, so we would have to take 12 general education classes on, on top of our, uh, our classes for our courses. And I, I a lot of, I felt like it kind of interfered with a lot of, uh, courses that we, sh- with, that we, in the fat, you know, design industry and also, uh, well, the design program and also the art program, I feel like we really didn't need all those general education classes because it, it just interfered with the education that we actually needed. Mm. Um, so like, I'm, I'm very, I'm happy that they, I did, uh, I'm happy I did, uh, I'm glad that they, they taught us, told us, oh, we need to do chemistry, but I'm like, what does chemistry or a, a biology have to do with me designing? So now if there was a bio, like a chemistry class that focused in designing like a textile, textile design or dye, like chemistry of dyeing or yeah. something, that would be, that would be like, okay, that, that actually would help us in our major, just in case we would want to go into that, uh, that section of the field, you know? So it, it's just things like that or statistics. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'd rather have had more of a class in retail math. Uh, So, yeah, so there was, it was that. And then on top of that, a lot of, um, so like a downside of Massachusetts is uh, maybe a lot of people don't know. Massachusetts was actually a huge manufacturing, mostly New England actually was a huge manufacturing uh, air district for uh, clothes, like textiles and clothing. So there was a lot of textile mills and, uh, uh, factories in Massachusetts, and then uh, everything moved overseas to Asia. Yeah. So now, um, with that, a lot of a lot of our uh, a lot of colleges in clothes that focus in design. A lot of uh, like the other liberal arts school, which is uh, uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst uh, Amherst uh, campus. There, they were a huge textile, uh, textile. They had a huge textile program, and they completely like dropped it. Mm. So, so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a time, like we're stuck in time in a way. So the only people who know about the the, the fashion industry would be like, of course, the professors who are older, um, but a lot of them haven't been in the industry for a while. So. Um, even though I'm, I'm, I love my professors, my professors are, were awesome and they were so encouraging uh, and they really pushed us, but to the best of their abilities. So um, if I, you know, a lot of things that we didn't learn, we learned a lot of things like uh, we learned a lot of tailoring, we learned a lot of draping, we learned, we learned a lot of retail. So my, my degree is in fashion design and retail. So uh, I know also, and then my concentration was apparel design. So I also had to take uh, retail and merchandising classes as well. Um, so like a lot of the merchandising is a little outdated. A lot of the design wasn't focused in actual things that we needed in the industry. So, um, but it was just, it was a great start. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, did, I, I loved my four years. I, I honestly loved my four years and I don't think I would ever change um my four years of oh, going great. to Birmingham State. Yeah. Yeah. I, when, I, and it's, uh, the, oh, I'm sorry. No, the positive thing is also you, you meet, I guess the, the benefit of instead of going to an art school would be, uh, 
of not going to art school is you actually meet people from different fields. So you never know, like, uh, the, the, the networking, you have a larger network um, that isn't just in the art field. So now I know, I know people who are in business. I know people who are in sociology. You know, I, you know, I know so many other people in different not just fields. Fashion. That, yeah. Not just fashion. So, you know, people may think that that might not benefit you, but it, it really does. Cause you know, uh, especially when I, you know, if I have a question about a business question, I, there's always someone there yeah. to uh, help me. I can always call up a friend. Yeah. So when you graduated, yeah. which would have been in 2015, right? Yep. Did when yep. what, how did you get your first opportunity in the industry? Did you start with an internship? Did you just get straight into an assistant job? Like, what did that? part of your journey look like because I know for a lot of designers it's really hard to go from school where like you said sometimes there's gaps in what you learn versus what you need on the job sometimes the information is mm-hmm. a little bit outdated and you know we don't need to dig into that but more of like when you left school how did you create that first opportunity for yourself to get that real world experience um so in school I was uh, a I was like uh, very involved in the design program. I, uh, we had a fashion club on campus, and I was—I actually went from uh, treasurer and then by senior. Uh, and uh, so I was very involved and uh, very active in uh, my courses. So one one of my teachers came up to me uh, and said that I would—they think that I would fit a position at TJX um as an intern so that was this was my junior junior going in yeah my junior year and it would be a summer internship uh and so I was like yeah definitely I I would love to you know work at TJX which is uh if people don't know TJX uh they they're a off off price retailer uh and they they own TJ Maxx Marshall's Home Goods TK Maxx Marmat, uh, HomeSense, there are other things, but everyone would get the gist of. I think so, yeah. (laughs) A big, big, big Uh, company, yeah. Big company, huge company, and I was, I was very excited. I was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, and I told my mom, and she's like, what, TGX? Like, that, that company is, like, company, uh, and, you know, you know, like, if you can get company you could probably get into any company I was like okay well great um so I I didn't know exactly the position was of and I didn't find out till later uh but I did get the internship and it was for a data entry specialist so no it was my first internship my internship was not in design but it was in like data entry so what I was the team that I was on was a PLM, which is a, a product uh, product management software mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of uh, bigger bigger companies use. So, uh, like Calvin Klein, uh, Lane Bryant, so companies such as that that use uh, product life management systems. So, basically, I what I did was I I uh, I was basically kind of like the, I cleaned up all the work. I cleaned up, <laughs> I cleaned up everyone's mess. 
basically i was like the I, I like to make a joke i was like the janitor for like the to the database janitor so like anything that went wrong anything that wasn't done i can't i went in and kind of fixed it up you know you know just in case you know when something happened so that way everything was smooth um throughout the the product development process um so that was a good learning so, experience to get to see, like, how product development, which is essentially, you know, going from the idea to finished bulk production, like working with the factory and making sure the samples get made right and kind of managing that whole process is kind of what PLM systems do. Then you kind yeah. of got to dive in there and see the inner workings of this and see firsthand how a company, especially of that caliber, manages that, which... I mean, is yeah, you were the, you know, air quotes, janitor, but I imagine that was kind of enlightening and pretty educational. Yeah, it was. I mean, from like the first day I was just thrown into it. Um, and the, I guess the, the qualification, I didn't even, the thing that was great um, that I'm so, ha I'm so thankful for my, my college is that we do have a huge connection with TJX. Um, and I'm pretty sure you were to go to TGS and ask, you know, uh, a group of people like in a room, how many of you graduated from Framingham State University? Majority of them would raise their hand. Mm. So, uh, so I didn't actually, the great thing, this is where networking comes in. I, I wasn't qualified for the job um, because I did not at the time know Illustrator or Photoshop. So, but yet they still took a chance on me, which was great. Um, and I interviewed well, <laughs> so, um, they, this, they, what they did is they put me, um, on top of like, just giving me work. They also put me in, uh, illustrator and Photoshop courses that they, they funded for, they fund for their, uh, employees. So they put me in illustrator Photoshop courses. They put me in a, uh, they call it uh four phase four like phases of, uh, PLM. So there are parts of PL like classes for PLM. So the four classes, four phases of PLM uh, courses. So I, I, did, I was trained um, in all of that there on the job, which was great. Uh, and actually gave me a head start for my senior year because I was, I understood Illustrator and a little bit of Photoshop. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was really great. I had a great team. I loved my team. Um, and also, it was, it was great because I was able to kind of, like, work in with, within different divisions. So I mainly worked with the children's team, um, but also I, I sometimes worked with women, uh, sometimes worked with men. And uh, I sometimes was, I had some, a lot of it was a lot of technical things. So I would enter and do a lot of the assistance specking and uh entering all that data and but then sometimes I would have to create new tech packs uh for the new season or sometimes if the design team didn't put in the color the colorways for the season I would go in and put in the colorways for the season so it just varied uh for the just it was always a different job every day uh and very data heavy yeah so but a really good learning you couldn't experience. make too many mistakes yeah, yeah. very good learning experience <laughs> <laughs> um so I continued interning with them until uh, so until like December of uh, 2010. So uh, into your so from senior the year. summer, 
it, yeah, so into my senior year, but I didn't, I decided not to continue the internship because they, they said that I could stay as long as I, you know, as long as I wanted to, because it was only just a summer internship, but I decided to stay the, the fall, by fall semester. Um, but because my senior year was so heavy and also on top of like me graduating, because I had to do my senior collection, I was also putting on the fat, like I was like the, the lead for the fashion show. So as the, the fashion club president, um, the fashion club is in charge of putting on the the uh, run the show, the production, the fashion production on my campus, which is the largest production of the year, every year. Yeah, uh, so you had a lot so going on. I had a lot going on. So I had to make sure uh, as the, the president that everything was like perfect. Uh, so I, I, I was like, well, my, my, this is my second semester. I really need to focus, uh, but I would like to come back. Um, and they said, yeah, sure. You can definitely come back. We'll, we'll be waiting. So that was great. Uh, and yeah, so I finished my year. I did, I did my portfolio. I created a portfolio and, uh, my fat, the fashion show was a success. Uh, I, I was, it was one of the best fashion shows to this. I guess to this day, a lot wow. of, uh, yeah, it was one of the best fashion shows that they've ever had at, on campus. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. So, so um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so oh, I'm sorry. What, what was your, what well, I was just going to ask. So you, so you like, okay. A couple things. I'm just curious. So you had this internship that mm-hmm. was supposed to just be in the summer and it's, I mean, it's pretty clear from our conversation, like you're, you are a super go-getter. You are an overachiever in, in the most amazing way. And so I imagine that one of the reasons they extended the offer to you to extend the internship was, well, let me not put it in your word. Let me not put words in your mouth. What, what, why did they give you this opportunity to continue the internship? And then beyond that, why did they give you the opportunity to you, for you to say, hey, when you're ready to come back, you can come back? I mean, not everybody get those, gets those offers. Oh, well, I mean, I, I did a great job. I, 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 think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did, a, I did a great job. I mean, I was very, I was, they called me, they called me the, that they said I was known for being quick. Yeah. I was very fast. Yeah. So I was able to do my work fast and efficiently. Uh, so that's why they loved me. And uh, within the office, you know, oh, so the, the challenge of being an intern was that uh, I was always like the behind the scenes person. And when, you know, because we had to uh, every probably like every couple of weeks, we would have a meeting and we would like discuss what team needs assistance. So what division needs assistance. So maybe the, for example, the women's knitwear team needs assistance, um, getting a few things done in PLM. So Kayla, I'm going to put you um, on with like, put that, put them, uh, connect you with that team. So there would be situations where, you know, I would like let them know, like reach out to them, you know, say, Hey, well, I'm Kayla, I'm the intern and I'm, I'm going to work with you. And they were, you know, a lot of them didn't want to work with an intern because they didn't think that like I could help them or assist them. So they would always, you know, just decide to like, Oh, well, we'll just talk to your, you know, we'll talk to your boss and see if they can help us. But then my boss would just give me work. 
time. The work that they need done. So that was the challenge. But uh, I was able to just, I, I was just quick at what I, you know, quick at the, you know, any work that they give me, they gave me. So that's, that's mainly why they, they asked me to come back. And you did a good job. I was really good. <laughs> It's a great job. Yeah, it uh, goes so far. I yeah. think that that is like really undervalued. Um, but you know, it's something that comes up over and over on the podcast is like doing an exceptional job, doing a really like having a really good work ethic can go so 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 far. Mm-hmm. And you clearly experienced that. Yeah. It, it was it was it was a good experience overall. I really I really enjoyed my internship there. Uh, yeah. So I guess within after graduation, I asked them if you know I just emailed them, reached out to my PLM team, and asked if I could like come back. Um, and I guess they had this is they had explained to me like uh, they recently had made a. a I guess an executive decision within the company that they wouldn't hire any intern, like continue any internship with anybody who isn't uh, uh, like in the, in school. So, um, Oh, and you had just graduated. I had just graduated. So I couldn't, I couldn't get my internship job back. And, but they said, they said that we do have a contractor position that opened up in the children's where toddlers, uh, toddler's team as a assistant technical designer. Um, would you be interested? And I said, I just was, I was a little hesitant. You know, I had to go to my professors and talk about it uh, because I didn't want to go into technical, technical design. Um, so, I mean, maybe some people know about it, but like, uh, I, maybe it could relate into other, other uh, fields, but um, within the fashion industry, you you tend to get pigeonholed mm-hmm. um, within, you know, in the field. So my my thing was like I I started as as a PLM data entry specialist, um, and it it actually you know goes hand in hand with tech design because um, it's very data heavy. Uh, but I didn't, so I I was hesitant because I didn't want to go into tech design and not be able to get myself out of it. Um, even like a lot of my coworkers and my, my, my bosses at the time, they, uh, they said that like, yeah, we ended up in tech design and we couldn't really get out of it, but the way out of it was to join the PLM team. So, uh, but they like, but it's still like, we're still asked to do a lot of technical work because we have the experience. So I, but I just took my, took my risk and I said, well, you know, I graduated, I have no job. Um, and then there you go with the, the firstborn child, you know, firstborn eldest child expectations. My mom was like, you need a job. You need a job. Yeah. We need you to get a job. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and then, you know, so, you know, my parents didn't go to school. So their ideals of, um, and also I feel like uh, uh, the elder generation, old, you know, older generation, once you graduated, um, you automatically somehow got a job, which is, you know, the perception that is, you know, given to a millennial, because uh, I guess I, I, would be, I would be considered a millennial. Um, whereas, like, in this day and age, for us, I guess, like, after uh, 2010, 
uh, with the whole recession, uh, yeah. it, it seemed like everybody, everyone was having a hard time getting a job. So, um, even to this day, a lot of my friends are still struggling with finding a job in their degrees. So I just, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take the risk. And I'm hopefully, it's, you know, from there, I can probably squeeze my way into design. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I took I took that job. I, I, I applied, I interviewed and uh they tested me to see if I was able to do the specking. I passed. And yeah, I was hired as a assistant technical designer. Wow. How did you feel in that moment? I was excited. I was very excited in that moment. I was like, Yes, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yes, I did it, you know, success. Yeah. Um uh, for that mo- for the time being, and then uh, also I had come across another like a, a freelance job. So a woman hired me uh, to create clothes for a fashion show, um, uh, children's uh, Chinese costumes. So the Chinese theme for the fashion show, and I created uh, costumes. So I was I was doing I was being a, I was a tech assistant technical designer during the day, and at night I was like sewing uh costumes for kids so and luckily um because i was in kids wear and i was a technical there i was able to you know transfer my skills over because i beforehand I've, I've always done like women's clothing uh so i was able to just transfer my skills back and forth yeah um and actually apply them to the you know reality the you know to my own design yeah uh so which was great how Uh, how did your parents feel I mean you kind of went from this situation uh where you know they put certain expectations and pressure on you to have this successful career and to go into something you know arguably a little bit more traditional or less artsy per se and then you know some some family life things happened with your father and finances you chose your own path and then here you are with this job offer, like right out of school, especially in a time when people are not just handed job offers anymore. You have to earn it. You have to deserve you. you it's, it's not a, you just don't get it. You, you earn it. Um, so how, how did they feel, you know, now that you had gone through all of this and, and seen the success? Um, well, actually they we're both starting to come around, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> slowly, slowly they were starting to come around. Uh, maybe my senior year, uh, maybe actually my junior year, say my junior year when I first, like my junior year when I first did uh, a little, uh, like a six collection for my fashion show. Uh, Cause I, I would part, I participated in the, the fashion show every year at mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So, from there, when I actually at that year, my junior year, I invited uh, my mom and a, my my godmother, and my sister, and my grandmother. Uh, I invited them to my fashion show, uh, and they were able to actually see like, oh, well, oh, well, you, Kayla, you actually have skills. Like you're Aww. actually really good at this. So, <laughs> so that's when everyone, you know, kind of was like, okay, well, she she's taking this seriously. Um, she, she might have, you know, she might have something going here. So yeah, there's, it was, it was slowly, slowly they came along. Uh, yeah. uh, 
yeah, so that was good. Uh, and uh, the job at TJX was uh, going good until it started becoming something I started realizing that I didn't actually like doing technical design. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, it got to the point where um, I, I just, I, I started to hate my job and it, you know, it was because I was an assistant. I was mainly in charge of backing and uh, of typing into like, you know, uh, typing all my spec information into the computer logging, making sure any packages that came in, I logged, it was logged in. Um, and then sometimes I would uh, uh, do fittings as well. So, but my main job was specking and, you know, making fit comments and fitting was like after I finished specking, which is very, which is very rare because uh, every day I would have piles of little tiny toddler t-shirts at my desk every day, just piles just spilled at my desk. And uh, eventually I just, I began to hate my job because it, it literally every day I was just specking just so specking is just measuring, uh, measuring the, uh, the sh to make sure that all the measurements are correct. Yep. Um, that were sent to the factory just yeah. in case no, someone doesn't know. So every day specking little tiny t-shirts every day, uh, didn't most very rarely that it, it changed, but it was every day. And, you know, I began to just hate my job. So what'd you uh, do? And, uh, well, I talked first, I talked to my, my mom about it, you know, and, you know, I was like, mom, I, I just, I really don't like my job. I, I hate my job. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I just, I hate my job. Like, I, I hate it. Like, there, you know, and because I am an assistant also, I was a contractor as well. So, um, I guess there at the company, uh, the contractor is a little bit limited. We don't, we don't get a lot of benefits that, um, full-time employees get, um, as well as, uh, certain accesses to computers, certain meetings we can't go to because I don't really know why. I don't, I mean, I guess because they're a very secure company. So they don't, they're very, like their whole entire um, mission is, you know, other than do, doing a great job, uh, uh, you know, providing people with, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, current trendy uh, fashion. And, but also they're, they're very strict on, uh, making sure that their secrets and their information does not, is not disclosed right. to any other companies. Right. They're very, very, very big on it. They even do like secure, they do security emails. They even have a whole team dedicated just to make sure like data doesn't slip outside of you know, corporation walls. Yeah. So, um, with that was as a contractor, you, you are limited to what, things, things that you could do. Um, so I couldn't go to every meeting. So a lot of times, you know, me as the, the perfectionist or the person who just wants to learn a lot, like I want to understand a lot more of the design process. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to just, you know, spec spec and do fit comments. I wanted to know why, like, what is the purpose of this? Like, what is, you know, what does the design even look like? Half the time I you know, uh, I didn't always know like, what, why was I specking this shirt? What is, what is the purpose of uh, this shirt? What does this collection look like? What is, 
you know, so there's a lot of like gaps that I was missing. So that was also something that bothered me. And I did talk to my, you know, my mom's advice was like, well, you know what, maybe you should talk to, you know, your boss and try to figure out, you know, if you could, you know, get more opportunity. And I did, I I ended up meeting with my boss and I was like, Hey, well, I, I did my, my job here, but, um, I just feel like I'm always specking and, you know, it's just, it's just every day. And she, she could relate because she's like, well, that's just, you know, that's what happens in the industry, you know, as an assistant, that's just your job. And she's like, I had to do it. You know, we all had to go through it, but eventually it's better. Um, so, but at the same time, I was just like, but no, I don't, I, you know, I'm great at this. I can, I finish my work. So, you know, like as you, as, as before I was known as just being quick, I, I finished my work fast, finished it, you know, efficiently, like, can I do something else? Uh, so she started letting me do fit comments. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, but it just, it was just a job that I didn't, you know, I thought it would be a great opportunity, but I realized like, wow, I like, I, I really don't, I, I didn't really enjoy tech as tech design as much, but I didn't, I enjoy the experience. Like, I'm glad I have that knowledge, yeah. that background. So then how'd you get to the um, next job? Uh, so within six months, so six months in, they laid me off. I was laid off. Oh. I was laid off. Yep. So it was kind of, I guess, I was just I was laid off, but at the same, I was just upset that I was laid off. Yeah. Um, and my layoff experience wasn't great either. Uh, so it, it, you know, because of like, like the high security, it was very like, uh, I, you know, I lost access to everything. It was kind of like they didn't tell me that day that I was, I like, I didn't know, I no longer had a job. Yeah. Uh, they told me that night after I went home. Like, oh they my called gosh. Me and then I had no access to the building and they put me on the restriction, like the, the restriction list. And, and they you're just, you're revoked out. my ID. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. So. <laughs> Very, like I said, it was a high, it's a high security job. Uh, <laughs> so um, I had to like get escorted to like clear my desk. Uh, so it, at one end, it was like sad because you know I, I have I have that pressure of like you know I want to do well, I, I want to prove that you know I can be successful um, in this industry. You know, and not only just prove to myself, but also prove to like my family, you know, that, yeah, like this is, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail in fashion. Like this is actually real. Um, so it was a sad, sad and disappointing. Uh, but at the same time, it was a little bit of like a, a, like release. It was a, it was kind of a blessing because I was like, yes, now I don't have to go to work every day, wake up at five o'clock. Uh, oh, it was a long commute as well. So like two hours there, two hours back because I didn't have a car. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't have to get up and spec every day. Like, so that's awesome. Yeah, but you <laughs> so, need a job. Yeah. So what do you do? But I need a job. So um, I started because I was, you know, my mom didn't, uh, you know, she didn't, she knew, she knew what it was like to get laid off. So she didn't really put too much pressure on me about the list. She said, you know, kind of take your, t- you know, to just kind of figure out your next step. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm someone who doesn't like to stay home. So after 
after like the the other freelance gig that I had was that after that ended, I was bored at home. Uh, I tried sewing and, you know, maybe I should start my own, you know, line in my collection, but I, it was still kind of like, it became like a, a boring routine for me. So I just decided to apply for a job at old Navy as a seasonal sales associate. <laughs> um, and you know, I was talking, you know, one day talking to my friend, you know, cause my whole plan originally was to, uh, work at TJX for a year uh, and then save up enough money so I could move to New York mm-hmm. um, and, you know, get a job there. Um, but you know, of course, cause I got, I was laid off. I didn't, you know, that cha- that plan changed. Um, I was just talking to my friend, one of my best friends, and she said, you know, it's not over for you. You know, you can still just, just go like, what do you, you know, what do you have to lose? Just go, you know, uh, just go look for an internship, just go look for an internship, you know, whether it's paid or not, look for an internship in New York and just go. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's, so that's what I did. I, uh, I, I was looking for an internship. I found a, a an internship with, uh, a designer who actually was originally from, uh, Massachusetts like me. Um, and he decided to take me on. Uh, so I saved up, I saved up some money, uh, and uh, just asked my my uh, manager at Old Navy if I was able to transfer my job uh, into New York. And she's like, "Yeah, you just have to find a location that would take take your transfer." So I had to do the research to find find a like find a store that would take my transfer. And then the next the next thing was like, where would I live? Um, and my boyfriend at the time, uh, he had family, he's originally from New York. He was originally from New York and he decided, uh, he asked around his family and his aunt was able, you know, to, she had extra room and I was, you know, she said I could pay rent there and live with her. Um, so that was great. I was able to, um, I was able to move to New York. Uh, so, yeah. So in February, I don't know why I did it in February, but February, <laughs> February of 2000, uh, that was 12, 2012. No, wait, up, oh, wait, 17, go. 16, 17, yes, 17, 16, 16, 2016, February of 2016, I moved to New York in the middle of winter. <laughs> mm, it's very cold. <laughs> That's very cold, worst mistake ever, especially moving to the Bronx where it's very hilly and very icy. Uh, um, so the intern, uh, the internship was, uh, unpaid. Um, but my internship actually only lasted a week because, uh, he just like, let me go within like two weeks. Oh, uh, uh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so distraught. Cause I, I, I said, I was like, I moved to this I moved to the city to do this internship yeah. and it like, and, and it just didn't work out. It didn't work out with this, this person. Um, and I was, I was upset. I was just like, okay, so now what am I going to do? I moved all the way here to New York, um, did this whole big move and just for what, like now I'm just here to work. So what I did was I, I just, you know, started working at old Navy. So I ended up getting a job at old uh, old navy in brooklyn um so i would travel from bronx to brooklyn every day um to work and then but it, it wasn't enough money because of course it was being paid 
minimum wage and I was only making, uh, and I went with $500, uh, $500 a month. And then I was part-time at Old Navy. So, um, my check, like the amount of money I was bringing in every month was $500 a month. So I was basically, uh, either like was, I was paying the rent and then using my credit cards for like external expenses, such as uh, transportation and uh, food life. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. And it was, it got to the point where, uh, and then money too. So like I would always borrow money from uh, my, my, my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. I would always borrow money from him. He support me. Um, so when did you find your next break? Uh, so, uh, my next break didn't come till that summer. I decided to, uh, so I was, it started, got, it started getting to the point where I was running out of, basically running out of money because my, my credit card was, uh, maxed out. So I had to find another job. And then, so I found a job as a filming instructor um, for a profit, profit, and then I also found an internship um, in Manhattan uh, with Aisha Aisha Collections, um, small company, women's wear company, yeah. um, and so I would, so I was working like, and then I was a, I don't know if you know TaskRabbit, um, it's like an app where you people hire you to do different tasks. So I was a tasker for TaskRabbit. I was working at Old Navy, interning and a sewing instructor. So uh, I would just like every day go to like five days a week. Um, Old Navy also was weekend. So like seven days a week, I was working, um, bouncing back to back from to different jobs. Uh, And yeah, so that was my struggle for the time being. And uh, in between, I would go also to interviews, uh, job interviews to try to, you know, become a design assistant. And I was just getting rejected left and right. Um, just rejection after rejection because I had a portfolio and my portfolio just wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, what they were looking for. So the first mistake as a designer was uh, that I made, you know, as a graduate was, I didn't save any of my work that I did for my previous company. So TJ, you know, so I had this, this big mm. company on my resume, TJS, a huge company on my resume. No one had ever explained to me that any work that you do in a company, you know, you, you know, of course you don't, you don't just like, you know, pass it on to other people, but you can use that, use anything that you've done from, for your, from the, for the company that you're working for and save it for your portfolio. I didn't know that advice. I didn't even think of that advice. So you had nothing to show except your schoolwork. I had, I had nothing to show. So a lot, even, and it was vicious. It was very vicious uh, interview. Some people were like, well, if you work for this huge company, how, how can you prove it? like well I have references and they're like yeah but do you know this person some people are like well, do you know this person who works oh in this oh my god they uh, like interrogated you, know? you on it yeah and I was like yeah I'm like yeah I know that person I know this person I directly with this person you can call them if you want to oh my god you gosh. know if you know them yeah and you know so it was very very hard because I just I couldn't I couldn't figure out for the like I just couldn't figure out like how like why is everyone rejecting my portfolio 
in your, you know, my senior collection portfolio that I worked so hard on that I thought it was awesome. My teacher thought it was awesome. Everybody would thought, you know, back home thought this was awesome. <laughs> That's a, a, a great portfolio, but here it's not. It's like people would just turn me, like people would turn me away. Uh, they look at my work and they're like, thank you, you know. Uh, so that was just, that was very tough to swallow uh, being in New York. <laughs> yeah, but you're still there, so something happened. I'm still there. It's something happened. So <laughs> how I, <laughs> yeah, so how I got on track was I, on my days off, because I worked part-time a lot, so a lot, all my jobs were part-time. So when I had, like, time off in the mornings, I would just go to the library. I, I guess in my story, I like the library a lot. So I would go to the <laughs> library because um, it's free resources. You know, you, you get leads there, um, do some research there, and it's fun to pass the time there. So I ended up going to the library, and I, I just found an office. Uh, it was a a woman, Robin, and is at the Bronx Library, and she uh, fixed. She was a person, like a career, a career counselor, and she did awesome work. I don't know what she did. She did magic. She had like magic fingers, and she she redid people's resumes. Um, and then not only redid redid resumes, but also like gave you job leads and helped you find a job. So. I just happened to bump into her and I had like a, I had a job interview, you know, the next day. And I was like, hi, like, I, I noticed that you, you know, you're a career counselor and it says here, did you, you look at resumes and could you read my resume? And she was like, uh, well, usually I, you know, usually I do appointments by appointment only, but she's like, I like you. So <laughs> I'm going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I like you. So I'm going to help you. So, we sat down, like she stayed late. We, we, we read it over my resume. She like, you know, helped me, you know, with the wording and, uh, gave my, my resume a facelift. But on top of that also connected me with, uh, uh, temp agencies. So, uh, some people call them freelance, freelance work, but it's, it's their temp, their agencies that, um, that connect you with, uh, design companies and, um, it's an hourly, hourly pay. Mm -hmm. Um, so from there I was able to get in contact with the, the temp agencies. Actually, I'm always in contact with them. I, even though I have a full-time job, I still, um, they always send me leads, you know, just in case I'm interested. And I always, they, and they always ask me, you know, we, we keep in touch. So I definitely have a few, I have contacts that I always keep in touch with there at, you know, multiple temp agencies just to, you know, check in with them and, you know, let them know how I'm doing. Um, so when I was able to meet with temp agencies, they were able to tell me, like, this is what um, companies look for. And what look at my portfolio and told me, like, oh, for example, um, we need, they need proof that you know how to use Illustrator. Um, so I, I, at the time, wasn't knew the basis of Illustrator, but I wasn't, like, the expert that I was now. So they're like, we need, they need to see technical, technical flat on illustrator, not by hand. Like you, you have everything drawn by hand. Um, everything, you know, you need to have stuff done in illustrator. So that's how I, I started. Um, you know, I started building, building my portfolio, you know, doing like projects on my own, mm -hmm. um, you know, just like self, you know, buy yourself projects, uh, individual projects, just to show that, you know, I understand the design process and, you know, 
you know, steps from there. So, um, by, so now by, we'll fast forward to, uh, fast forward to March of 2017, right? Yes. 2017. Yes. March 2017. Yes. March 2017. Um, I, um, after interviews and interviews, I actually got my, my big break, as a design assistant um, in that March of that year. Uh, so you had been in New York for, a, you'd been in New York for a year. For a year. Juggling yep. a lot of part-time uh-huh. jobs, doing a boatload mm-hmm. of interviews, figuring out what to fix on your portfolio mm-hmm. and your resume, and finally get an yep. offer. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think so you got that got, offer versus the, I, all the other rejections you had had? Honestly, purely because I, I really think that my my boss believed in me because that interview was probably one of my worst interviews that I did. So, and not because I did, I did a bad job at interviewing. Um, well, actually, I did get a tip from the temp agencies that I need to show that I, I have confidence. They said that, mm. you know, you may not, you may not have the experience that they're looking for, but if you, you know, you have to fake it till you make it, you know, they said, you know, if you have to show that you, you know, even if you don't know what you're talking about, you need to show that you, you, that you are the expert, you know, at what you, what you know. Um, so that was, I had to practice that as well, like that, the confidence. So I, I went in there to that interview confidently, but that day I forgot my physical portfolio. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? I always have my iPad on me. Um, I should have my iPad on my, on, on my portfolio. That's no problem. And, but I forgot I needed Wi-Fi access to, you know, get, reach my portfolio on my iPad. So I went into this interview, my iPad wasn't, I was like, no, I don't have a physical portfolio, but I have my iPad. My iPad wasn't working because I needed, you know, Wi-Fi, but I didn't have that. And she said, it's fine. I looked on your website. She's like, I saw what you, you, you can do. She's like, but, you know, I'll call, you know, I'll let you know sometime today or tomorrow if you, you have the job or not. And I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I was like, I, I completely bombed this interview. Like, she's no way that she's going to call me back. I com- this was like a perfect job for me. Um, and that day that, that um, I had went to work because I was working for the as a sewing instructor at the after you know the after school program the nonprofit and she called me and she's like hey um I I would like to offer you offer you the job and I I said yes yes of course you know when when would you like me and she's like next week and I said perfect and I you know I know you're supposed to get two weeks you know it's courtesy to give you two weeks notice but I was I told my I told my uh, directors and I said, I have to go. I, I just got, I just got a call for a design position. I have to go, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I went and I started um, and I worked on the PS, uh, PS for Air Apostle team. Uh, and that was a great opportunity. Um, and part, mostly because like I was able to, not only learn, but I also was able to make mistakes. Like I made a lot of mistakes, you know, such as, um, you know, probably, you know, we had the style numbers and reference number system. Like I completely screwed up that system, but you know, I fixed, I was able to fix it, but like, it's, 
you know, so I was able to make like mistakes, but my, my, my boss was able to also take the time and like thoroughly teach me properly how to do things. Um, and she was very patient and, mm-hmm. you know, she was a very, very cool down to earth redhead and she was awesome. <laughs> she was awesome. Um, and I really, I love that job. That was, it, that was a great job, uh, working with children, you know, working in children's wear girls. Um, but unfortunately, uh, within that October I had got, I was laid off. Um, so once again, I was laid off from a job. Uh, and, but this time, I guess it wasn't as a, as, as a dramatic, uh, ending. Uh, you know, it wasn't as like, it wasn't so like overwhelming for me this time because this time I didn't, I didn't take everything. I did make the mistake again of not, you know, pulling together my work, but I at least took a good amount of things that were, that was able to, you know, let contact the temp agencies and say, Hey, I just got laid off. I need a job. And here's my portfolio. Here's my, some of my work that I did. And from there, I was just able to, uh, every week from October, um, into early December, I was at, I was working as a temp, Mm. um, at multiple different design jobs. So I ended up, I was at Ralph, uh, not Ralph Lauren, um, Calvin Klein. I was working for Calvin Klein as a uh, data entry specialist. And then I ended up at, um, uh, rough, uh, rough human, um, that's a a denim company. Um, and they just needed help with their presentation. So they needed me to do a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, prints, uh, like, set up the presentation for their prints and their artboards and all that. So that's kind of how I, I gained an interest in CAD design because I, I, I just noticed even in uh, children's apparel working on the uh, PS team that I noticed that there was a CAD designer and they were strictly just doing uh, um, like we did all the sketching, but she did all the, the print and the graphics. And I was just very interested in that. And then also every time, you know, I would go to these different um these different companies, I would always like, you know, question the, the, the CAD designer and ask them how, how do they, you know, how did you do this? Like, how do you get into this? And they all said like, it was something to fill into. Um, but like, these are the software you need to learn. Um, so I, uh, I, I started practicing it, um, on my own, on my own time. But in between, I was just, I was just freelancing and temping. And so, uh, I said Calvin Klein, and then I went on uh, Calvin Klein, Rough Hewn. I went on to working for Lane Bryant, so I did that for two months. I ended up working for Lane Bryant. That was fun, um, especially working for Plus Size. And then I was offered a a full-time position for this manufacturing company called uh, Ailey Tech. And they wanted to begin a, they start, they wanted to start a menswear line um, and start selling it on Amazon. And uh, they just wanted a CAD designer. And I said to myself, I'm like, well, I don't, I I don't really, I'm not really great at, you know, I'm not really great at prints and graphics, but I can, I can do, I can sketch, do flat sketches really well. So a lot of, a lot of main reason why I was hired a lot of, I think a lot of the companies like temping was because they saw my flat sketches and they love them. So, you know, they decided to hire. So 
I presented I presented that to uh, Alitex and they hired me. So I started working for doing menswear, but that also gave me the opportunity to start practicing my my prints and um, my graphic my graphic design. So and then on top of that, in the evenings I was uh, uh, practicing at on Skillshare because Skillshare has uh, courses on te- uh, what is it called. Uh, textile surface pattern and textile design so Mm -hmm. i started taking like illustrator and photoshop courses on that uh and you know working there was actually it was fun as well because it it was a little challenging because it was they're all they were all chinese those chinese uh, company so they majority their main their main language was chinese which i didn't know but i was i would always practice um at home my Chinese so not only was I like practicing at home I did you know my illustration illustrator skills but I was also practicing Chinese every morning on my way to work (laughs) wow uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah but what I want to point out here though what I want to point out here and like I think this continues on and on throughout your story is you noticed things and noticed skills that you were lacking or that you needed to get to where you wanted to be and you took the initiative on your own to learn and figure those out whether it was Chinese just so you could communicate with your team members better or whether it was Illustrator and Photoshop so you could do the flats better and the the textile and the graphic design work better you kept taking those initiatives on your own yeah yeah that's because that's it's kind of like that's that's kind of like all I really had, you know. I didn't I didn't have an FIT degree, you know. So and even in interviews, some people were like, "Well, why didn't you go to FIT?" You know, and I would, you know, I I, I have a tendency of being a little sassy at times, <laughs> and I would say, "Well, I was like, well, I couldn't afford it. I had to pay for school on my own. Sorry, so I went to state school." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so you know, it's it's just. You know, so it's just like I had to take my skills that I, I already had and really just acknowledge, you know, acknowledge like what skills are you lacking and how can you find out how to better those skills? Oh, and thanks to Heidi, you know, those YouTube videos, <laughs> <laughs> those YouTube videos, those those helped me with my uh, my my flat sketches in Illustrator because. Um, and then also Ely Tech, they did a lot of denim. I had to do a lot of sketching, like a lot of illustrations and uh, CADs for uh, denim. And you definitely helped me. <laughs> oh, well, that's so a cool. Lot. You know what? I put the tools out there, but you take the you take the initiative to put the work in because it's not you, – you don't just watch the video and then poof, you magically have the skill. Like you have to put the work in and the effort, and you clearly do that. You've clearly done that throughout your whole life. So it's really, really cool to hear your story and to hear um, – you know, where where you started out and where you are now, and it's not been an easy journey. Um, you know. But you've, like, really persevered to make this happen. Um, so uh, you should definitely be very mm-hmm. proud of yourself. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's really cool to get to meet you. And, um, I mean, meet you again. We met in person. But this is, you know, I've gotten yes, to hear a lot yes. more about your journey Um, So it's been really exciting to hear that. So um, I'd love to wrap up the show with the question I ask everybody at the end of the interview, and that is, what is one thing people never ask you about working in fashion that you wish they would? Ah, okay. 
I always get this. I've been thinking about this question too, and I still can't. <laughs> let me you think. knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but it's just always so hard. Um, I guess the question that a lot of people do not ask me is like, you know, it, it's really, it's probably the most, the, the simple thing, but like, what, what is a, like, what is a fashion designer and what, what are the, what are the different jobs that a fashion designer can do? Mm. You know, um, because a lot of people have this perception that a fashion designer is just what people see on Project Runway. Um, and I feel like a lot of people disregard or don't really give credit to the people who design for the mass market. Mm. Um, and like, you know, or they're like, well, are you a real designer? I'm like, yeah, we're real designers. We are the reason why we're the reason why you have that t-shirt on right now, you know, or you know, so I, I just wish that people didn't, you know, just because I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, sewing or I have a clothing label, you know, I have my own line. I'm not, you know, at fast, you know, have a fashion show at New York fashion week, you know, that I'm not a real designer or, you know, so I just wish people knew more, you know, just knew more, know more about the design industry and what other jobs there are in design. And I mean, I guess that's what I, I try to do now uh, is kind of like, it's, you know, with just what my social media, but also with my friends and I kind of just spread out, spread the news like, hey, well, yeah, I'm a CAD designer and this is what makes it so great, you know, because I get, I still get the the part of me where I'm still an artist because I'm still doing art artwork, but I'm also still in fashion and I'm still designing as a fashion designer as well. Yeah. So it's, it's like you put it together and I, I get my daily creative fix. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that's, cool. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, awesome. Where can everybody connect with you online, Kayla? Um, so you, I have a Facebook, uh, Facebook page, Kayla Person Designs. Uh, Kayla Person Designs. Also, my website is KaylaPersonDesigns.com, and also I have an Instagram, Kperson92. So okay. I will you can reach out to me. There. Yeah, yeah. I'll put all those in the show notes so you guys can check those out. Um, thank you so much again. It was really lovely, lovely to chat with you. Congratulations on everything. You have worked so hard. You deserve it all. And um, really excited to see where the rest of your journey takes you. Thank you, Heidi, so much. I'm really glad to be interviewing with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. And thank you for the interview, Kayla. Your journey is so inspiring, and I'm really proud of everything that you have done with yourself and your career. I also want to say thank you so much to my husband, Mark, who handles all of the tech, the editing, and does everything behind the scenes to make sure that the audio and the show is produced. And I also want to thank my assistant, Megan, who makes sure that each episode gets published every week and gets delivered to you on time. And of course, thank you to each and every one of you. I appreciate you so much and really, really thank you for tuning in and listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. None of this would be possible if it weren't for you. And on that note, the best way you can help support the show even further is to share it with a friend. Whether that be personally with someone who you know or posting it in Facebook or on Instagram or wherever you're hanging out. It really, really does help get this content to more listeners out there who need it. 
I'd also be really grateful if you could subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating. It really does help the show. As always, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfbnetwork.com slash 81. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you in the next Successful Fashion Designer Podcast episode.